welcome everyone. I wanted to talk to you about trust today. Uh, trust in relation to our spiritual development, the things we do, right? When we go into the Akashic Records or when we start on any um, learning, um, you know, the, uh, what is outside the physical senses. Because my experience has been that myself and uh, most of the people I spoke about with and uh, spoke to uh, have entered this path of, let's say, esoteric knowledge, right? Learning to read the Akashic Records or maybe learning to read tarot cards or studying, um, you know, hermeticism, um, studying some uh, knowledge um, or some methods of meditation, uh, etc. We enter this path because we were pushed by some unsolvable questions, questions that we couldn't solve anymore by the methods that we had known. So, for example, for myself and for most of you know the clients that I attract, this has been activated by relationships, right? So suddenly, uh, there comes a relationship into our life that doesn't conform to any pattern that we know that brings up so many emotions, but also so much wounding and pain, and we have no idea what to do with it. It's something that just appears, right, and it shatters the structures of the life as we had known it, and we don't know what is this relationship, why does it make me feel the way I do, what is the purpose of this relationship in my life, and it, it, as a, a romantic relationship, or at least we interpret it as a romantic relationship, of course, well, you know, how do I make us be together? Is there a way for us to be together? I will not give up until we are together. There is nothing that is going to stop me because this love, you know, I've never felt a love like this before. So why, why can't we be together? What blocks do we have? I'll clear them all. I will do everything for my happiness. And that's what drags us that's what dragged me, for example, into this field, into spiritual development, into the Akashic Records, and then etc., etc. But for some people, it can be health issues. Like, for example, I don't focus in my work on um, the issues of physical health. Um, uh, sometimes these questions come up in the session, and then I may receive an answer from the guides, of the client or from the Akashic Records, what is this physical ailment connected to. Um, sometimes it's environmental, sometimes it's to do with food or certain uh, other things, you know, in the physical world. Sometimes it has to do with past lives and so on. Um, and usually there are many answers because uh, we are whole beings, we are multi-dimensional beings, so it's never, you know, one particular cure, healing is, is not curing, healing is holistic, but um, I don't focus on physical healing, because this was not the issue that 
dragged me into the spiritual development path or this spiritual knowledge path. But for some people it is. For some, they lived their life, they didn't care so much about any faith or belief or prayer and whatnot. And only when they got sick, seriously ill, this prompted them to search, to look for holistic solutions to their physical pain, physical disability. For me, um, it was mostly the emotional, the mental, right, the psychological pain. So we all have different paths that, uh, you know, pull us towards this um, looking for knowledge, looking for solutions. But then when we find a path of knowledge that resonates with us, the main question is usually, you know, how do I solve it? And when is it going to be solved? Um, this is what calls many people to, you know, go for intuitive advice or go to psychics and so on. So, you know, does my what does my future hold? Um, it can be financial problems as well. So sometimes, you know, when the world comes crashing down and you have no idea how you're going to survive tomorrow. So that's another uh, path of starting to explore those things beyond the physical, right? So I want to know, how do I pull my life back together? How do I pay off my debts? I'm, I'm just completely overwhelmed. I have no idea what to do, so help me. Um, and then one would start, you know, looking into um, law of attraction teachings or maybe some other teachings or go into the Akashic records, try to discover the causes, the solutions and so on. So we go um, onto this deeper spiritual path, the path of spiritual knowledge, um, usually prompted by something in the physical world that feels terribly misaligned, that it just doesn't let us, you know, sleep at night. That is, it's too much. We want to get rid of this pain. That's what I call the hook. <laughs> and the divine is the fisherman, right? So, but that's the hook that keeps us um, searching because we will not rest until we found the solution the pain is too much be it physical emotional or or you know spiritual or otherwise so there is pain we need to find the solution and um, the danger on the path um, is that actually the meaning here the purpose of what is happening is to liberate us it's to set us free, to make us happy. The purpose is never the pain. It's never the intention, um, you know, for, for us to suffer. It's just the pain comes from, from the illusion, from all the things that are out of alignment with true reality. Um, but the main danger, the main stumbling block is to try um, and hop over the actual spiritual development, the actual liberation, and to grasp um, onto certainty, because the ego, the mind, our inner protector, looks for certainty. Um, 
disease is scary, right? What is going to happen to me? Oh, am I going to die? How am I going to pay my bills? Um, financial problems are scary, you know, what am I going to eat? How am I going to survive? Uh, emotional problems, relationships are scary. Am I going to be alone for the rest of my life? Is this the meaning that I spend the rest of my life alone and unhappy and miserable? How can I solve this? And what the ego wants is to be certain, right? To grasp onto a solution, to grasp onto certainty. There are some people who go to psychics, um, uh, you know, every day or like every week or get hooked onto psychic networks and they just keep asking you know maybe a hundred advisors they go from one to another and they just keep asking the same question you know when will we be together or uh, give me a love reading uh, and I can tell you a story when I was um, learning uh, to read tarot cards I thought that the best practice would be to um, to give tarot readings, and so I was doing that um, through working on um, a psychic network. It was actually a very good one, but um, you meet some people who come genuinely for advice, or they're stuck, or they don't know, you know, which way to go, left or right, which uh, which solution is the best for them, uh, and there are some people who are actually not looking for answers. They don't want answers. They don't want to change. They don't want anything. They just are stuck to a particular question and they will not let go of that question. So they will not listen um, to anything, really. Um, basically, they will not let you go until you give them what, what the, they want to hear. Nothing is going to change. And you can tell them that, but they will not hear. So that would usually be, oh, when will we get back together? And if you say that you're not going to get back together, then they will go and ask 100 people until they find someone who tells them, oh, you know, in two months you will get back together. Oh, wonderful. Is he thinking of me? What is he thinking of me? When is he thinking of me? And so on. So this is the way ego's way of finding certainty, of finding the solution. And it's not, it doesn't mean that it's good or bad. It's, it's natural. It's normal for our human mind, for our human um, ego to want that certainty, right? To want this solution. When? How? At what time? <laughs> what is he going to look like? When will I have the money? Or once uh, somebody asked me, well, when? Um, she was actually in a spiritual development program and she said, well, when am I going to develop clairvoyance? Uh, that's probably one of the most fascinating questions I ever heard. And I was quite stunned. <laughs> and I said, well... I don't think this is how you go about it. <laughs> when, when am I going to develop clairvoyance? It would have been very simple if life actually worked this way. Oh, in two weeks you'll develop clairvoyance, don't worry. Um, so the ego wants to skip over the major lesson, the only lesson really, uh, <clears throat> that comes with these difficulties in life, and that lesson is trust. Um, and for some souls, especially, they came to learn trust 
in this lifetime. And that would mean that certain types of situations would keep repeating themselves over and over again until you're actually willing to learn trust and surrender. Trust and surrender often come together as lessons. Um, and trust means letting go, right? Trust means letting go of control. If you can fall back into somebody's arms, if you can release that control, it means you need to trust them. But most of us do not trust the universe. Most of us carry, even at the soul level, you know, think about it. In all of our past lives, we died, right? In all of our past lives, we experienced something that we interpreted as the universe punishing us. Maybe in our past life, we were a healer. And um, oh, that's the wound of most um, healers and sensitive souls, that they were healers, helpers, and they experienced betrayal or maybe violent death, murder, right? Somebody maybe came and burned them at the stake because they wanted their house. The neighbors complained that, you know, she's a witch. Um, uh, she has a very nice house and a nice garden. I want that garden. So I'm going to report her as a witch who bewitched uh, or, you know, killed all my livestock with her witchcraft. And this is unfair, right? Because let's say in a past life you were doing good to everyone and then those same people, they conspired against you and they betrayed you to the authorities and let's say you were burnt at the stake as a witch. So what this creates is a wound, right? That wound of the light worker, the wound of the healer who was betrayed and Many of us come into this life with this mistrust very deep at the soul level that I can't trust the universe, I can't trust the divine, because if I surrender more fully, it will only mean that, you know, they will come after me. Some of us carry this perception that God is after me, that somehow, you know, God is going to punish me no matter what I do, or the universe is not benevolent. What it wants is to take, 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 and not give anything in return. So I have to strive and toil, and uh, they are just after me, or you know, uh, and it, it can be, it depends on, you know, how you grew up, the society, the culture you grew up in, and so on. Sometimes it can even be amplified. I know for my own history, for example, the, the way that, that I grew up, there was a lot of mistrust to the government and paranoia and fear and so on. And of course, it is translated um, into our relationship with the divine right, with our own soul. So I can't trust God because if I surrender, well, it, it only means that my fall will be much harder. I can't lean back into the arms of the divine. I'll, I'll crash. It will hurt more. The more I surrender, the more it will hurt. So I will control no matter what. I'll cling and grasp and hold on to the little crumbs I have, I will never stretch out my hand to receive more because to stretch out my hand to receive more, it means I have to let go of control.
So And so we actually don't allow ourselves to receive these very things that we came looking for. Health, love, community, uh, peace, right? serenity, family, and so on. We hold on to the crumbs and we don't allow ourselves to receive more, but we want to have them, right? And so we jump over the main problem, we overlook the issue of trust, that my problem is actually that I don't trust the universe. That is my main problem. That's what's keeping me back. And we want to grasp. So when will I have my money? When will we get back together? How do I earn a million dollars, right? How do I get married by the end of the year? Um, that's it you know everything else has to stop i don't care about anything else i just need to find that one person who will show me how to do it and i don't care about anything else and can we please skip over all the spiritual talk i just want to know how and when and then of course what happens is something else comes up the goal becomes more and more elusive no matter what i do it doesn't help no spiritual practice, no um, uh, whatever healing method, nothing works. Other things at the periphery, things that we don't want so much, they may get healed and they may fall into place. But the one thing that we actually came in here for, that one remains elusive because the lesson still remains trust. And until we actually learn to trust and surrender and to clear all the blocks to trust, this lesson or this goal, it will forever remain elusive. There will not be the family, you will not be together, you will not be rich and so on and so forth. So whatever it is you're looking for the most, because the lesson was always trust, was always surrender and, to, and we don't want to see that. And so if it becomes a habit to seek um, confirmation, to seek prediction, let's say. If you go into the Akashic Records and try to divine the future somehow, um, then this trust is never learned. But because it's your own lesson, you will most likely not be successful in divining the future. So you will go to someone else, right? And they will tell you, oh, it's okay, like by the end of the year, it will all be fine. And of course, it's not fine by the end of the year, because the issue was trust, the issue was never a prediction of a particular outcome. So you go to someone else, but you never learn trust. And the longer you postpone it, the worse it gets. Then other things jump on board. There is anxiety, depression, um, fatigue. Uh, you can't do anything. You don't want to go anywhere. Nothing makes sense. Nothing brings joy, etc. Because trust, because you still don't surrender. Um, so how do we go about developing trust practically <laughs> well um it's not easy right um so as i mentioned there are those blocks to trust that we carry some of them at the soul level 
Um, some of them at the level of upbringing, maybe religious upbringing or lack of it. Uh, like, for example, I was raised in an atheist family, um, meaning nobody believed in anything much. Um, and so, you know, you don't really hear anything about trust to the divine. But as for me personally, I was always interested in spirituality and um, connection to the divine and always experienced it very acutely. So I was looking for ways of connecting to that invisible world, to the divine. So I went to churches from very young age and uh, and, for, and for some people it can be the other way around maybe they grew up in a very religious environment hated it and and then ran away from all things religious completely and then it's um, you know it's very difficult again to re-establish this trust um, to the divine but most of us have some or other blocks to trust or we, we wouldn't have been here so one I mean, the main issue um, to work on when you recognize that you have to grow in trust is releasing control, of course, is recognizing that ultimately nobody knows the future. That yes, sometimes future prediction is like statistics. Statistics is actually a predictive science, maybe the closest you get to a science that is kind of like a psychic network, uh, with all the drawbacks, because it's uh, often the same uh, mentality with, with statistics, <laughs> that it goes, uh, you know, in the direction you want to steer it, uh, the the one who orders the the report and pays for it often gets what they want to hear. And you add other variables and you get a completely different result. Um, but statistics aside, um, of course, sometimes we can know what is going to happen. Like if you keep doing this or that, nothing is going to change, you know, or if you go in this direction it's going to lead to ruin these are very easy predictions to make um, or based on somebody's internal um, you know based on somebody's emotion for example or if you can read a person's energy and you know that they are unstable that they're not able to commit that they are not um, able to make you know to commit to stability let's say so it's very easy to make this prediction like look this person is not able to commit to stability they are not relationship material at the time of speaking so right now there is nothing much to hope for so you're only going to hurt yourself more and more by attaching to the idea of having a relationship with them so the problem here is your emotions your reactions right so we have to go more into them to look what brings you pain why it is so painful and start clearing this pain and you can't clear it in one hour or one day it's a process but the important thing is to let go of the attachment to this relationship because it's going to bring you more pain or sometimes the energy of the person says that 
No, they are actually deeply in love, but there are their own fears and dark energies that are blocking this love. So the answer is to wait, but it, it is going to happen eventually. But again, the lesson is surrendering is not pushing, is not grasping, is not clinging. Usually our own clinging and grasping, again, that comes from the lack of trust, is our main block. Because even, let's say, I'll give you an example. Do you know, I think most of us have been job hunting at one point or another in our lives and you know how you send CVs and you receive no answer. And then suddenly one employer calls you in for an interview. And if at that point you have some other CVs or you still keep sending them out, what usually happens is that all the others start calling you as well. And what you usually end up with is several job offers that come in at the same time. Or let's say this one person, you went to an interview, you went to another interview, and they both liked you and they both offered you a job at the same time. And then you went to a third interview and they also offered you a job. While before, maybe for a year, you've been sending out CVs and nothing was happening. Why is it that suddenly like all the gates are opened? Because you relaxed, right? You already have one job offer. It looks good. So now you go to all the other interviews, you don't really care so much because it's already done. You already received what you wanted. And so now you go without without grasping so much. Oh, I already have a job. I'll, I'll just go to an interview and see how it goes. You know, it's fun. And the employer, the, the manager, they see this energy. They see contentment. They see joy. They see a can-do attitude. That's not a scared little mouse sitting there shaking, you know, begging desperately. Oh, that's, well, we could have him or her, you know, that's awesome. Yes, yes, come on board. You look good, provided, of course, that you have qualifications and such. But the energetic aspect here is that the clinging is gone. Um, or, you know, in, in relationships as well, it's usually the, let's say, uh, you know, the, the seekers <laughs> appear all at the same time. Suddenly, there are many offers. Suddenly, everybody smiles at you. Or when you fall in love, you know, the, the suddenly all the cars stop and, uh, and say, oh, wow, that's a beautiful dress you're wearing. Um, because the clinging is gone, the grasping is gone. You are dancing joyfully with life. Everything is good. And that is the attitude of trust. So what the divine actually wants from us, if I may say it this way, is to have this attitude all the time. That's what trust does to you. You're dancing with life. Even if bad things happen, even if difficult things happen, you do what you have to do, recognizing that sometimes you don't have the answer as to why this is happening. You just trust. You dance with it. And this dancing with life attitude, what it brings about is abundance. There is abundance in everything. 
And you know it, I'm sure you've experienced at least one or two moments like this in your life when suddenly everything just flows because you stopped grasping. And then the test comes when, you know, there is, there is something, something that is missing. Something happens again that gives you the choice whether I will grasp again or I will surrender and trust that somehow it is for my highest good what is happening. And if that trust is developed, is cultivated enough, then the test, the problem, it will not last very long. Then it comes for a little while and it's released because you've learned trust, you've mastered this art of trusting, of surrendering, and you can dance with life again, just taking things as, as they are. But without trust, we are constantly left grasping and clinging. You know, something happens. Oh, I'm not m making any money this week. That's it. It's the end of the world. I'm going to be poor and starve and I will have to clean floors and wash toilets. Oh my God, what a disaster. I've ruined everything. And that blocks the flow completely. And so you may get kicked back and be left in survival mode for a year as opposed to trusting where you are dancing and acknowledging okay well this week is not as good as the other weeks and I'll just surrender I still have things to be grateful about and then this time of let's call it testing is very short and you move on to the next stage so in connection to the Akashic Records, the way we work with trust is <clears throat> by asking the right questions, right? Because the Akashic Records is an information field. Um, so rather than asking those questions I mentioned already, when will I learn clairvoyance or, you know, when will we get back together again or are we soulmates and are we meant to be together um, that's all um, nice and good but it doesn't um, cultivate trust doesn't cultivate being in the moment trust it doesn't need to know for trusting for trusting hard the even a question like this are we meant to be together is ridiculous it's offensive even if you don't trust your own heart, if you don't trust that you are soulmates, then why are you even here, right? What kind of a love is this that asks questions that needs validation from someone? If you are in love, you don't need to ask anyone, am I in love? It's, it's silly, right? But there are parts of us that that don't trust ourselves. There are parts of us that want to cling. There are parts of us that say, well, is it worth it for me to spend my energy and effort on something that is not going to last, right? I need to confirm. I need to know for sure. Is, is this the one I meant to be with? If not, then goodbye. Um, so it, there are there are those parts, but for trust, for trusting, loving heart, it's pure silliness because trust, it just dances with it. It loves without asking when or how or why or for how long it rejoices in the love that it has. 
so when we work um, with this information field, when we approach our guides or the Akashic records or, or tarot cards, for example, um, the question to ask um, is always, what do I need to know about this situation? What do I need to know about my financial situation right now? What lesson does it teach me? Or please show me what do I need to learn from what is happening to me right now? So it's always about what do I need to know now? What am I missing? What am I learning through this? The outcome, um, in the Akashic Records, the outcome, uh, it doesn't really, I wouldn't say it doesn't really matter, but it's not important. This is from our ego perspective, from the perspective of the mind. We look for, for an outcome, right? We want a yes or no. Uh, we want to know, is this education going to be uh, productive for me or not? That's how our society works. That's how our reality works. So we measure things according to their productivity, uh, to how fast we can, uh, kind of the quicker you get accomplished, um, the most work in the least amount of time. Uh, that's productive. Everything else is not. But from the soul perspective, from the Akashic Records perspective, that's not how things really are. So sometimes we need to adjust our understanding, and it can take time, even years, to actually get into that framework that, you know, we're actually looking at things from a different perspective. It's not always about productivity. It's about opening up to the truth, opening up to the reality of things as opposed to the illusion to the matrix that that we live in so it's not always about productivity it's not always about you know the fastest way between a and b being a straight line in the real world it doesn't have to be because the real world is not the world of straight lines it's a world of spirals and circles and uh, incomprehensible shapes, but it's not a straight line. So for the ego, yes, maybe, you know, if you can do uh, the same amount of work in one hour as opposed to two hours, then the one hour method is better. But in the spiritual world, it doesn't necessarily be have to be two two hours as opposed to one hour it can maybe be even a year but what you gain from that year or 10 years uh, can be so much more than what you gain from one hour so there is no one size fits all answer but what you go into um, uh, the attitude that you go uh, into the akashic records with uh, again it presumes at least some level of trust. So putting the ego aside, putting all the expectations aside, then the best question to ask is, what do I need to learn from this? What is this problem teaching me right now? 
what are my main blocks to seeing the truth? What are my main blocks to happiness, to joy? Where am I not seeing the joy in this situation? Or a very brave question, what is the joy of this situation in my life right now? Where is the joy in this? Where do I see the joy in feeling in feeling lonely or abandoned, in being lonely and abandoned, for example, and disconnected, etc.? Where is the joy of this situation in my life right now? And the answers you may receive, they can be stunning, right? So they can tell you uh, that, you know, your joy is in learning something new or, or dancing or singing and your joy is in contemplating. Uh, your joy is in uh, trust and surrender and uh, receiving guidance or connecting to your guides, uh, releasing the pain. Your joy is in, for example, emotional release, that now you have time to forgive yourself, to forgive everyone in your life, go one by one uh, and connect to every person uh, that you hold a grudge against. Or your joy is now to, um, I don't know, join a grief uh, group uh, and talk out your grief from a loss that you experienced a year ago and so on. So you may receive guidance that is surprising or unexpected um, and just listening to that guidance, allowing yourself time to meditate, to connect. But the important um, aspect here then is that sometimes by looking for solutions, looking for linear answers, by being attached desperately to a particular outcome and trying to impose this outcome on every communication we hear or receive. Like there, for example, there were people, um, there was someone uh, I worked with and he said, oh, you know, I'm looking for, for a soulmate and what I do now is everyone I see or everyone I meet, everyone I see or hear even online, I keep asking the same question, oh, is she the one? Could this be the one? Could this be it? So he filters away all other information, right? He doesn't notice so many things about the actual reality of things, because there is only one selection that he makes, yes or no, the one or not the one. And I didn't even ask, you know, based on what which criteria he's asking this, you know, how does he expect to know if this person is the one or, or not the one, what are the, the criteria, like how he approaches it, how will he know, how does he expect to know if this is the one, does he expect to figure it out somehow, or does he need external validation, or will he call his advisor and ask, you know, is this is this girl that I met yesterday, she's the one, or maybe it's the girl I met the day before, right? I don't know what, what criteria, what, what selection process he uses, 
but imagine how much information, how much um, impulses, how much emotion, feeling, um, how much everything is simply not even being registered because there's only one focus. Is she the one? Is she the one? Is she the one? And uh, I think he's been going on like this for several years. And of course, uh, he will, he's probably still going on like this because um, it's a trap. Um, it's an ego trap and you can't get out of it. It's impossible uh, because it just goes around in circles because it, it denies the reality as is. And it just goes on looking for something, but it's impossible to find it because it's not real, right? Because you don't, you don't see reality by approaching every person you meet with only one question is, are you the one? Oh. And then if you meet the one, how are you going to know that they are the one? I don't know. Maybe he has a set of criteria. Um, but then which person will meet these criteria? Um, and so trust then is overlooked. So we kind of, we want to jump over that, uh, the abyss that we have to cross. We want to fly over it and land at the destination, but it's impossible. You have to cross the abyss, the so-called um, abyss that comes from um, hermetic teachings and Aleister Crowley, but the, the principle is basically that every intention, every um, unmanifest creation, in order for it to manifest, it has to cross the abyss, the unknowing, the great unknowing, the unknowable, right? And this abyss is that lesson of trust. But in order to get there, we have to trust, we have to surrender, there is no other way. So, Cultivating trust means letting go of expectations, of wanting to know the answer, um, of wanting to know when and how and why, and how will I get to the point where I need to be? How exactly will I get there? Because as long as this attitude is there, as long as this wanting to know, to control is there, trust is not learned. And uh, so you can get stuck for years, maybe even for decades. Um, th that happened to me, actually, in, um, in one of the relationships that, uh, that I was working on, is that I got stuck, basically, when and how and, and where. And it took me about five years to transcend that stage. Once the stage is transcended, it's pure bliss, it's pure joy. Uh, but we can keep ourselves stuck in pain for such a long time just because we want to know the outcome. So cultivating trust is first on our part, it's clearing those parts of us that are um, stuck, right? That are um, terrified of, of trusting, of surrendering. All of those woundings that I talked about from past life, from growing up from the society, from religion or lack of it and so on, from past experiences. And the second is to 
of course, to get to know, to get to know our souls better, to get to know the divine better. When you drink from that fountain of life, from the divine, you know that there is absolute love. So it's much easier to trust. So learning to connect to your soul, learning to cultivate that spiritual practice that you have, it helps in building trust more and more. And then when you can dance with the universe, you notice that things are just falling into place by themselves. Nothing nothing matters anymore. Nothing shakes that unshakable core that you have, that you have cultivated. And for um, as it pertains to the Akashic Records, then of course cultivating trust um, means asking questions about what do I need to learn? What is in it for me? And of course, how do I practically learn to trust the universe more, to trust my heart more, to trust my soul more? Teach me, show me, guide me. These are all acceptable questions to ask your guides, to ask the Akashic Records, because for everyone, the answer will be individual. There is no one size fits all. This is, this is how you cultivate trust. It's personal. Our own song of the soul is individual for everyone, right? So this is that trusting um, dance that you want to cultivate, that you want to learn. So ask your guidance, how do I dance with the universe and trust? Okay. <laughs>